Greetings, my friends, and welcome to Hardwater Radio. This is Jason Archer. We're recording under the umbrella of Hardwater One here in the Valley of the Sun. And today we continue the mission to arm humans with the tools to crush mediocrity, create mastery, and live in total wellness. And today we're going to do it a little bit differently. I'm not bringing a guest on today. I wanted to dive a little bit deeper into the concept of the VCGs. Some of you guys have reached out after a video that I posted this year. And then also I've posted previously in previous years, this idea, it's sort of been developing over the last decade or so as I've gone on my personal development journey. And I want to share with you guys a little bit more detail around the VCGs and what they can and might mean for you as you go through and create achievement in your life. So for me, after starting my personal development journey back in 2008 and then pursuing that on through the following decade and now into the 2020s, I've spent hundreds of thousands of dollars, thousands of hours reading, studying, podcasting, doing podcasts, interviewing people who are on their path, on their journey, and basically just consolidating all this information. And as you read philosophy, you know, if you read Marcus Aurelius all the way, any of the Stoics, you know, all the way through to Nietzsche or any of the others, if you're looking at philosophy and you're looking at development and you're looking at human performance, a lot of the concepts that are employed in terms of creating what you want in life come down to a few things. And you'll see that the closer, I like to think of it this way, the closer you get to the truth, the fewer sorts of concepts and answers you run into. You know, everything seems to converge on a point. And the closer we get to that place, you know, although we may never be able to reach it entirely, we start paring things down into simple to digest and understandable concepts. And that's kind of the idea behind the VCGs. It's like, listen, if I can invest all this money and time into trainers and books and content consumption, then at the end of the day, you know, what am I left with? What can I really break it down to if I had to give it to someone in an elevator speech and allow them to take something valuable away. So the idea of the VCGs was born out of that. And the VCGs basically stand for uh, vision, consistency, and grit. And in all of my readings and studies and in all of the coaching that I've had, it really comes down to these things. Now they can break down further, of course, every time we touch on a concept, we touch on you know, an infinite number of questions around that concept and we can go as deep as we want. But at the highest level, you know, what can I convey to someone to get them on their path quickly or at least get them starting down their own journey? So let's just start at the top and we'll roll through these. And I'm just going to sort of ad lib going through these topics based on some of the questions that I've received. So the first one, the vision piece, the vision piece, the background behind this, When I say the word vision, a lot of times there is a connotation of spirituality. There's a connotation of almost like Native Americans or indigenous peoples off in the woods somewhere having some sort of supernatural experience, a vision quest. It it almost sounds mysterious or mystical in a way. And that's not really what we want to get at. When I'm talking about vision, what I'm talking about is Really, what is it that you want your life to represent? And what do you want the actions in your life to add up to? So if I come up to you and I ask you what you're about, I want to know what your character is. I want to know a little bit about your virtues. 
and I want to know what you want your life to add up to be. And this is work that we're not taught to do. Basically, when we come into the world, we are given a set of instructions. And from the ages of zero to six, our brains sit in basically a state of trance. And this state of trance allows us to absorb a ton of information, but it also allows us to absorb a bunch of programs and responses to positive and negative influences in our environment. And we generally associate these heavily with emotion and these become who we are. So for example, a child who deals with trauma is going to have a lot of programming around how to protect him or herself from trauma. And it's not going to end when the trauma ends. These things are going to be internalized and that trauma response is going to be carried into adulthood unless and until that individual decides to do some work and maybe start dancing with that programming. But let's just go with go with the idea for the moment that, you know, as as we're born and into young childhood, we're giving us we're given a set of instructions by the people who are closest to us. And they have our best interest at heart at all times. So as they impart wisdom, you know, as they deal with us given the best of their ability in the moment, as they impart knowledge, as they impart instructions, we're soaking all these things up. And we're not really in a place to question it. We're not really in a place to sit back and think about it. We're in learning mode. We're in we've got to know more mode. We're in Johnny Five need more input mode. And at the end of the day, what we arrive at is everything that they've given us going into school where we're given more information, more instructions. You operate to the sound of a bell. You operate to the sound of a coach's whistle. You operate to the sounds and the whims of authority. You're given, you're told. And in in none of these situations are you really asked to think. And certainly in none of these situations are you really asked to think about what you want your life to represent, what you want your actions to add up to. And so at the end of the day, we come through another, you know, what is it? What is that? So say kindergarten through, you know, uh, senior in high school. If, if that's the extent of your education, that's about 12, 13 years, depending on when you start. And then if you go do undergrad degree, that's another four years. And then if you go into master's and, you know, your doctorate, of course, another six, eight years, who knows, you could spend the first 30 years of your life basically in school and subject to authority, subject to rules, regulations. And of course, as you get older, you begin to start questioning things because you start to see the results of your life. And those results may not be results that you want. And if they're not results that you want, then it comes down to what's generating those results. And the only answer is it's the actions and the behaviors and the habits that you've created in the first, you know, ever how long you've been alive. So this is where vision comes into play. A lot of times we don't care about vision until we have an event that causes us to be shaken to our core. When things are good, we're not really thinking about where our life is going. We're just in the moment enjoying our lives. So for those of you guys who are in that place where you're like, listen, is this all there is? You know, I played the rule. I played by the rules. I got the degrees. You know, I got the job. I got the wife. I got the kids. I got saddled with the mortgage and the bills and all the rest of it. And hey, is this all there is? You know, if that's you, the vision work is where you need to start. Okay, so 
if the life that you have isn't the life that you want. And when I say that, I don't mean that you dislike your life or that you hate the people in it or that you, for whatever reason, are just perpetually unhappy. It might just simply be that you are the type of person who is wanting more. You know, you've got what you got, but you want something else. And I love the the saying that Naval has, uh, Naval Ravikant, you guys should check the guy out, he's super smart. He says, you know, desire is a contract you make with yourself to be unhappy until you receive the thing that you want. And I've found this to be true in my own life, right? If I, if I go to the place where I want something, then I, I am immediately admitting that I lack something. And in a state of lack, there's not a lot of joy, peace, and happiness because you're focused on what you don't have, right? And so again, you know, we're getting into a lot of deep layers underneath what vision is all about. But when it comes right down to it, your vision is what you would absolutely want, absolutely crave, absolutely create for yourself if there were no obstacles. So just think of it this way. Who would you be? What would your character look like? What would the virtues be? What would matter to you? What would your spouse look like? What would your children look like? What would your work look like? Or would you have a spouse? Would you have kids? Would you have work? You know, at the end of the day, have the decisions that you've made, have they become the life that you want to live? And if the answer is no, then the vision work starts by you sitting down, you getting quiet and you listening to yourself. And in Western culture, this isn't something we do. You know, meditation for many, many years was associated with, you know, quote unquote, you know, non-masculine or feminine behavior. It wasn't something that a real man did and all this other, you know, sort of story that we have around this idea of mindset or mindfulness, I should say, and meditation. It's not very, you know, it was never considered something that was uh, done by strong people. Because if you did that, you didn't have things figured out. If you did that, you weren't in control of yourself because, you know, why would you need to take time to go examine yourself or calm down if you were in control of yourself or to gain peace if you were in control of yourself? So, you know, initially when the word meditation hit the marketplace, there was a lot of negative uh, sort of mindsets associated with it. But when it comes to the end of the day, think about how much time you actually get to yourself alone, just you. Thinking, just you, being with you, just you in a quiet place where there are no distractions, allowing your inner voice to show up. And this is the place that you want to be when you start thinking about vision work. So for me, the first time I ever wrote a vision for my life, I was at a men's leadership seminar. Uh, We were gone for, I think it was 11 or 12 days. And at the end of the seminar, we were basically taken into the wilderness, given a a 10 foot radius in which to pitch a tent and given a gallon of water and a bag of nuts. And we were told to stay there for the next 48 hours or so and write our vision. Right. And so I'm out there alone. Um, uncomfortable, hot. I can't go anywhere. I'm just in this one place. And so there's this idea of surrender. So when your vision work is to be done, find yourself a place where you can be quiet where you can have no distractions, where you're committed to that work, where no matter what happens, you are going to follow through with what it is that you want to get out of your head and onto a sheet of paper so that you can be clear in what it is that you think that you want. Okay. And you don't want to limit yourself. Just write anything that comes to mind. So you're just going to do a brain dump, write it all out. Some of it won't make sense. Some of it will make sense. Some of it will seem impossible. 
And the reality is just getting all of that stuff out gets you to what you really want. You know, chances are you might start with the superficial. You know, I might want a fancy house or I might want money or I might want this thing or that thing. But at the end of the day, when it comes to the material things, these are just initial attempts to satisfy, you know, a lack that we feel on the inside. And if you think through that for just a moment, if you think through the ego, if you think through, you know, what, why do I want money or why do I want this house or why do I want to live in this neighborhood or, you know, why do I want to be here? At the end of the day, it just all comes down to you want peace of mind. You think that having those things is going to give you some form of peace. Having money is going to give you some form of peace. Having a house in the country club is going to give you some form of peace. That's what we're all after at the end of the day. So don't allow your brain to get lazy and don't stop with material things. Keep writing. And when you think that something is superficial or not real, ask yourself why. You know, why would I want that to appear in my life? And that'll start revealing a little bit more of who you are to you. And for those of you guys who haven't done a lot of self-reflection or introspective type work, this is going to be super valuable because if you can learn what runs you, it gives you a leg up when you get into the hard stuff about actually making it real. It gives you a leg up because you'll be able to get leverage over yourself. And I'll talk a little bit more about that later. But the vision work is just you sitting down, you know, after having some clarity in your head and putting on paper what it is that you want your life to look like. What do I want my life to look like? Just write it down. Don't judge it. Don't grade it. Don't show it to anyone. It's just for you. It can be completely and utterly ridiculous. It doesn't matter. It's just getting that on paper. The first attempts might look strange. It doesn't matter. You're going to come back and you're going to pick out the important parts. And you're going to say, I want these things in my life. And once you know that, you know who to start becoming to make those things real. Okay, so sit down quietly, write, don't judge it, let it fall out of your head, whatever you want, financially, physically, mentally, emotionally, write those things out, get very, very clear, the more detail, the better, if something funny comes out, let it come out, just keep, just keep letting it come out, letting it come out until you get to that place where you're absolutely confident that you would be comfortable living this life that you've written out in your vision. It's all you're looking for. Don't make it hard. Don't complicate it. Again, don't judge it. It's not for anyone, but for you. Vision work. Get after it, thinking about your future. What is the future you want for yourself? Okay. Once you've got that in place, the hard work actually begins. And this is the part where a lot of times we get sidetracked by the daily stuff. Okay. So, I talked earlier about finding a quiet place to write out what you want your life to look like. When you come back to life with that vision in hand, or you emerge from your quiet room, or you emerge from the woods or the wilderness or, you know, the office after hours, after everyone's gone, wherever you emerge from with that piece of writing in your hand, that vision that you want to make real, the work begins Because now you have to become, you have to start thinking about who you have to be in order to make that vision real, right? So if you want the house or you want a different relationship or you want a relationship at all, or you want another child, or you want more peace in your life, or you want better relationships with your family members, who do you have to become to make these things real? This is where you start strategizing 
And this comes down to being consistent with the type of person who would have those things a reality in their life. Okay, so let's just take a very simple example. Let's say that you want your relationship with your partner to be a relationship that is highly desirable. In other words, you want to be around one another. And this isn't a sexual thing. It, it obviously can be physical, but that's not necessarily what I'm talking about. That's just one component of having true intimacy in the context of a relationship. So yes, great sex is great, right? But even beyond that, that's such a small percentage of the time that you spend together. How do you want to feel when you're around your partner? You know, what do you want your you know, what are, what do you want your spouse to think of you? You know, how do you want your spouse to refer to you in public? You know, do you want them to demean you or are you happy with the little underhanded backhanded comments that, you know, kind of come out in mixed company that, you know what, you kind of shrug off, but deep down they hurt you, right? This is where you would need to sit down and start thinking of a strategy. Okay. And if you don't have a partnership in which you've created consistency around what that strategy looks like, this is your opportunity to negotiate it, right? So this is where the work begins of investing in that person, giving that person everything that you want them to give to you. Because at the end of the day, they're basically just going to be a mirror. And if you want respect, you're going to have to be the person in the relationship who gives respect. If you want love, you're going to have to be the person in the relationship that initiates that. If you want a kind word, you need to be the person in the relationship who's initiating that. You know, one of the things that uh, my wife and I do is, and my mentor taught me this, was I just send her a text every day, letting her know how I think of her, how I appreciate her, how I see her moving. I try to breathe life into what it is that she wants to do. And I don't do it once. Again, consistency. I do it every day. I do it every day. It's part of my routine, you know, and over time without me asking, she started doing the same for me. She just started responding. And so I can literally go back through my text messages and I can see ever how many years of texts are in that particular phone or pick up an old phone or the phone before that one. And I can see just how long we've been playing this game where I invest in her and then she turns around and invests in me. It may be the type of thing where we agree on a certain type of date night and how often it happens. Another agreement that my wife and I made is that I'm supposed to provide flowers for her once a week. Okay. And these are just agreements that we've made and chosen into. There's nothing special about the, you know, about me going to the store and buying flowers or, or providing flowers from the yard. There's nothing special about that act except for the fact that she asked for it. And I'm giving it to her consistently. I need to give it to her consistently over and over and over so that she understands that I'm honoring my portion of that agreement. And then by the same token, there are agreements that I've made with her. There there are requests I've made of her that I ask her to honor. And over time, that consistency breeds trust. It breeds care. It breeds generosity. It breeds grace. You know, anytime I'm not feeling you know, like she's on my team, I can go back and I can pull up one of those texts and I can say, okay, well, let me look at this again. Maybe I'm reading the situation wrong. Let me go back and pull up this text and I can talk with her in a calm, rational way and figure out why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, right? And this is things that you will do, whether it's a relationship, whether it's 
a business you want to create, whether it's your job, it doesn't matter what the thing is. You have to create consistency around it. Same thing if you want a business, you know, building a business. My wife and I sold off a gym this past year, so we're both building coaching businesses um, outside of that. And it's different, you know, so each day the consistency around that, around creating leads, around making the correct posts or around creating content that will attract our particular avatar. These are things that we have to do and it has to be done daily. And if you've been following us for a while, you'll see a very clear pattern in how we post what we post and how we do every day of the week when it comes to social media, for example, right? So that consistency piece has to be there because at the end of the day, it's the body of work that's going to yield the result, not what you do every once in a while. So we've got the vision piece. We've got what we want to create for our relationship, family, business, whatever, right? However you want to break that up, it doesn't matter how you categorize it. Just find a way to write out what it is that you want. And then the strategy piece is implementing consistency, implementing consistency day in and day out, day in and day out. That's what's going to yield the result. It's going to let you know if your strategy is effective and working. So don't underestimate the power of the reps, no matter how small, adding up over time. That's what you're looking for there. The last piece is, of course, grit. And when I say this word, you know, you think of maybe the, that, that movie with the kid Rudy, right? The little kid that played for uh, Notre Dame that never should have played a down and ended up playing a down and everybody just sort of, you know, cheered him to death when he finally got to play a down, but he spent his entire, you know, college career basically putting in work. You know, he was the crash test dummy. He was the kid that they all beat up on. He was the kid that you know, everybody made fun of, but, but, but he won people over with his grit, right? He didn't let insults. He didn't let, you know, how he was feeling about himself. He didn't let his size. He didn't let internal or external circumstances prevent him from showing up. And you know, this movie is based on a a true story. So if you want to check out the movie, Rudy, it's, it's a classic example of just someone who demonstrates grit. And there are many, 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 many examples. This is just the first one that comes to mind. So when you're thinking about grit, you're thinking about this concept that I like to call move anyway, right? And I'll give you an example from my life uh, today. Exactly. Today, exactly. Today, actually. Today I get up late and so I'm behind the eight ball already. And I've got to get to uh, the desk. I've got to get uh, closeout month end. Um, you know, we have rental properties. Um, it's the new year. I'm checking and watching the market. I'm looking for a, a drop in the crypto space. Um, I'm looking for people to take profits so that I can jump in at a lower rate. Um, I've got to uh, get to the hardware store. We've got tile on order for our bathroom remodel. We've got, uh, you know, someone coming to purchase uh, some items that we have for sale. Uh, Christina's at the gym, then she's got a massage, you know, then we have our little time together, you know, all these things are happening. So I come in from the hardware store. It was the last thing on my list and it's probably around seven thirty, eight o'clock. And I come in the house, it's 40 degrees outside. Christina's got the heat on the fireplace on the Christmas tree on still. She's laying on the floor beside the Christmas tree in the fireplace, just all cozy, you know, super comfortable, all relaxed. You could tell she's kind of drowsy still from her massage. So she invites me to come over and, and lay with her. And so I do that and I could, you know, I could easily have fallen asleep right there. 
And so I look up at the clock and before I know it, it's after nine o'clock. And here's the thing. Well, it's pretty much time to, you know, get to bed. She's about ready to go to bed. She says to me, now you ready for bed? Let's go to bed. And my response to her was, no, I haven't done my 5k. So the backstory on this is in December, I committed to do 5k a day in an effort to hit my body composition goal. So as you, as many of you are aware, one of the best ways to burn fat is, you know, low heart rate cardio. So I've been doing 5k a day. This was a commitment I made in December. I decided to carry it into January. And then once January hit, I started wearing weight. So I'll wear a weighted vest, a tactical vest or a ruck or, you know, something. And so, you know, it's now it's 40 degrees outside again. It's super warm. I'm cozy. She's calm and peaceful. She's ready for bed. It's very quiet in the house. The Christmas lights are on. Everything feels just really comfortable. I don't want to move. But I have this commitment that I made to myself that I'm going to make this happen. And even though it's late and even though, you know, I would much rather stay here, I need to move anyway on the goal that I set for myself, which was to knock out that fucking distance. So when she asked me the question, I immediately said no. I didn't equivocate. I didn't say maybe, even though I wanted to. And I took my lazy ass out in the garage, put my ruck on, put my shoes on, and then hit the road. And 55 minutes later, you know, I come back after a ruck and I've got it done. Okay. And so this is one of those things where you don't necessarily think of it. Oh, well, you know, that's really not that big deal. You know, we all have long days. That's right. We do. Right. The truth is 5k isn't that far for me. You know, I've done 50k before. It's not, you know, 5k isn't going to kill me. 5k is just a commitment that I made. Right. I've been in colder weather. I've been wet in colder weather. I've had longer days. I've had earlier mornings. But the truth is, it's not the big things that trip you up. It's the little things because the little things happen almost daily. There's that phone call you didn't expect. There's that ride the kid needs. There's that trip to the grocery store. There's that argument with the spouse. You know, there's all these little things that happen and come up in the course of daily life. And these are the things that we don't necessarily think of needing to show grit around. But these are the things that are the most common things to trip people up. You know, people don't go off their diet because the only thing available to eat in the fridge was cake. They go off their diet because the cake's been in the fridge for the last four or five days. And every time they open the fridge door, they see it and they start seeing the image of tasting it. And it starts to build and build and build. And then they have a moment of weakness where they missed a meal or missed a lunch. Next thing you know, that cake's looking pretty good. And we have a tendency to miss meals or, or not get our meal prep done on a daily basis. These are little things that trip us up, right? So when you're thinking about grit, you're thinking about all the little things for the course of the day that can throw a pothole right in your path and cause you to fall flat on your face. And this grit piece, this idea of moving anyway in the face of that is what's going to allow you to create the consistency that you need to make your vision real. So when you think about the VCGs and you think about this idea of having vision, consistency, and grit, you go through all of the personal development literature, you go through all of the great teachers, you go through all of the philosophy books, and everyone who's done any form of achievement has had this path. They've had something that they've had to deal with or wanted to deal with. They were either inspired 
or they were in a state of desperation. They either were inspired to create a life or they were desperately in a spot where they had to create a life and had a new vision come to them. They realized that what they were doing on a daily basis wasn't going to get them there. So they had to create new habits around a set bit of consistency that had to be added to their life. So they had to leave some things behind and step into a new brand of consistency, whether it be getting up at 5 a.m. or whether it be making 100 sales calls or whether it was just something as simple as I gave you guys earlier of sending a text to the spouse, to the queen, to make sure that she understood she's appreciated and loved. Whatever that thing was, they had to create consistency around it and stay in for the long haul. And that's where the grit piece comes in. Every journey, all of them, every single person who's found some way to achieve has had obstacles thrown in their path. We are all on the same little blue-green ball of mud, you know, riding this path around the sun, and all of us have obstacles. And from the outside, you may not see it. You know, so-and-so has a lot of money, and -and so-and-so doesn't. Or so-and-so has a great support system, and it looks like so-and-so doesn't. But at the end of the day, you never know what's going on behind closed doors. Everybody is facing the same types of problems. They might be different magnitudes, but they're all the same types of problems. And so having this mindset of come what may, I'm going to move my ass in this consistent fashion toward that vision that I want to create is absolutely paramount and nothing will stand in your way unless you have that mentality like everyone else who's wanted to create something great or small. It's not going to happen because the consistency will fall away. And the minute that that consistency falls away, the vision might as well be dead. So when you guys are going through and you're setting goals, resolutions, targets, outcomes, whatever you want to call them, whatever brand of language makes you, you know, you and, and lights you up from the inside. At the end of the day, if you just pare it down to those three things, vision, consistency, and grit, I think you'll find that you can strategize and come up with ways of moving yourself throughout the course of the day. If you stick to just those three concepts that will allow you to step forward and become the person who does the things who gets what you want. So that's all I got for you guys tonight. I appreciate you listening. We'll be back next week, maybe with another concept. I'm not sure if I want to do another interview next week or not, but we'll definitely have more interviews coming on this week. We're going to be doing a lot more teaching and training going forward. Uh, For those of you guys in the Hardwater One group on Facebook, you'll notice we're going to be taking that group private. We're going to be doing some private trainings in there as well as offering some programs for those of you guys who want to get clarity on what it is you want to bring uh, bring into reality in your life from the physical all the way through to the mental. And for those of you guys who are interested in nutrition consultations and coaching, that's going to be Christina's end of the deal. I'm coming from the mindset business aspect, personal performance aspect. And for those of you guys who might be interested in some coaching there, feel free to reach out. So until then, I will see you guys in the next episode. Take care. That's going to do it for this episode of Hardwater Radio, guys. As always, thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. And if you're vibing on this content, be sure and help us grow the tribe by liking, sharing, subscribing. And by all means, leave us a comment on your favorite podcatcher. Let us know what you like, what you dislike. And if you are someone out there who would like to tell your story, we are a collector of stories here. Shoot me a message, jason at hardwater.com or pick me up on social media. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, whatever works for you. 
And I'd love to have that conversation with you guys. Until then, this is Jason Archer signing off, reminding you to remember your future.